right, guys. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Man with the Plan podcast. For those who don't know or just joining us, my name is Grayson Mann. Guys, thank you as always for tuning into the podcast. Subscribe, like, comment. You guys know what to do. You know the drill. This is episode 138. Crazy stuff. Should we do something for 150? We're getting closer to that. Probably get it before the end of 2023 if I had to guess. Guys, this is kind of my outlook for this football stretch. So we've just kind of finished fall camp. Uh, Dabo, we got to talk to him yesterday. It was the final curtain of the intense part of fall camp. And now they're going to start opponent focus, which is going to be a really neat thing to see. They got Duke opening up and then they have Charleston Southern at home on September 9th. So that'll be fun. But this is my plan for the next couple weeks. So it'll be August 18th when this episode drops and college football week zero will be next Saturday. And while there's not too many exciting matchups for me to personally break down for you guys, I think that's when I'll shift gears. Maybe I'll do an AFC and NFC episode just to stretch it out, and then we'll finish off with playoff predictions on both sides. I think you guys will like my answers, maybe surprised by some, and that might start today. So we're going to do our college football prediction show, if you want to call it that. I'm going to give you my top four teams that I think will be representing the college football playoff at the end of the season. I'll give you my, I'll give you a couple New Year's Six Bowl locks, some exciting matchups that I'm excited for within this top 10, 15-ish, and then I'll give you my two teams out, why I think that, and maybe give my explanation on why I don't think some of these near six teams are quite there for the playoffs. So let's get straight into it. So we're going to go one through four. And then after that, I will give my Heisman trophy winner. It might be low hanging fruit this year, but I think I have some pretty strong finalists on my list. If I was a voter, which unfortunately I'm not, that'd be pretty cool if I was right. But we're going to get straight into it. Guys, if you haven't already checked out our Clemson football preview series, it's playlisted and linked in our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Spotify, you just got to scroll down just a little bit or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. The series is still going strong. I'm still getting great comments and feedback from that show. So I'm really excited about that. Going to click that away. Okay, let's get started with our number one college football playoff team. This shouldn't come really much as a shock to you guys. It's going to be Georgia. And these top, the top two teams in my college football playoff, I think, are 100% locks. It gets a little bit in terms of degrading confidence as we go down the list. But I think Georgia, just to start it out, they have the easiest schedule by far among the top contenders. They have a lot of these different home games that I'm really just, I will just, I'm going to pull up the schedule and we're going to just go through it. So they start with Tennessee Martin and Ball State. That's not going to be a problem. South Carolina, they're going to take care of business there. UAB and Auburn. I like what Hugh Freeze is doing. Some of the games that I'm really excited about watching on Florida's schedule, I'm really excited to see what Devin Leary and Kentucky are capable of. I think they could potentially be a sneaky team that maybe makes some noise as a middle-of-the-pack SEC team, maybe an upset candidate for a lot of these top teams and top schools. I want to see what that new offense looks like over there. Georgia also welcomes in Ole Miss and then heads on the road to Tennessee. There isn't really much substance to the schedule, and I think Georgia is the new class of college football. They have really begun for me. It's kind of what Alabama was like in the early stages of college football or Clemson in certain cases. You might be able to lose a game. Maybe it's to a really talented Kentucky team. Maybe you drop one to Ole Miss in November, but you're able to rebound and pick it back up and get a strong quality opponent in the SEC championship game, and the committee lets one slide. Georgia's 29-1 and in their last God, two seasons, they're really impressive. They've really just 
it's wide open. They they are the class of college football. Like I said, I think they're this decade's Alabama. There's a lot to look forward to. I talked to my Georgia source, and he says this is not a team that really Carson Beck, who's going to be the quarterback to replace Stetson Bennett. A lot of teams on this list, with the exception of uh, a couple, I don't want to make any spoilers, are either welcoming in a new quarterback or they have an established one that is taking over, if that makes any sense. I might have just repeated myself twice, but anyways, I talked to my Georgia source. He says there's a lot of NFL talent on this defensive side. He thought number one was a very fair ranking and said that Carson Beck has looked really well in camp, but doesn't necessarily need to be a guy to... You guys remember in 2015-20, you remember a quarterback by the name of Jake Coker. I'm not making this comparison, and neither did he, but it felt like that Alabama team just needed average quarterback play to be able to get to the college football playoff. This is where Georgia's at in their current state at the current juncture of their program, they don't need much to get the juices going. This is a football team that understands the standard, how to get to the playoff. And in a schedule like this, they should be at minimum 12 and one 13 and 0 heading into the sec championship game post that. I think that they'll end up playing Alabama or LSU. We'll get into that later on. Okay. My number two team who I actually really like this year, given the circumstances, I really like Michigan at two. For starters, I think J.J. McCarthy, besides Caleb Williams, is one of the top returning quarterbacks in college football that are among the contenders. I'd list Drake May in there. I'd list Jordan Travis in there. But we'll get into those guys in a second. But you bring back a dynamic duo of J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum. This was a team that had no Blake Corum, I believe, for the Ohio State game on the road and was still able to find a way to win. Ohio State comes into town this football season. And I think... While Michigan has a decent little schedule, the only thing that popped out to me that could be a potential challenge was Penn State on the road. They really like their quarterback up there. I've always liked what Penn State has done, but they always felt like a team that they're a 10 and 2, 9 and 3 ceiling. I like Michigan here at number two. They got Ohio State at home this year. They're a big 10 to 10, big 10 contender. I think there's an element here with Jim Harbaugh that's going to be fascinating to follow. Obviously, his suspension and their schedule. It's not really going to impact it too much, I don't think. They have East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. And then I believe Michigan travels to Nebraska for Harbaugh's first game. They're not going to struggle. They may have a couple of hiccups here and there, and not like in terms of scores, but maybe a couple drives don't look as flawless against these four teams. They're going to be able to really find themselves in this first month. And then once they get into conference play, when you really look at the schedule, they have two road games at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Those should be fine quality W's. Indiana and Michigan State. And again, the, you can really see that where the schedule lies, Penn State, to me, is their only big challenge besides Ohio State. And now, granted, we're going to get into Ohio State in a bit here, and we're going to have this conversation of returning quarterbacks, and I'm going to unveil a couple of quotes. But I do think Michigan... This is a team like Georgia that potentially could afford a one loss. I'm really confident that they could get into the playoff with a 12 and run record. I think this is the big 10 now this, and especially with CJ Stroud gone, Ryan Day's really gonna have to figure some things out. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, especially how similar Ohio state and Alabama are in their current states with their program. But I like Michigan. I like Georgia to fill out our top two. I'm going to give you my confidence rate. I think this is pretty. These two are these two teams are locks to make it to the college football playoff this year, and it's the final season. And we'll maybe touch on that in the end and how important for some of these schools getting into this final four 
would be. All right, for my Clemson audience, you're really going to enjoy this one. And I have Clemson at three. Now, I have a lot of people, and I really do want to address this. I've had some pushback on this on this, on this this pick. There's a lot of cautious optimism with Clemson fans and people that I've talked to. And I think for the last couple of years, you'd be right. We've had a lot of discussion about the state of this program and where it's at. We've talked to writers across the country that think, yeah, this is a team that's made that could make the playoffs this year or want to push, push back a little bit. But I'm going to lay out some things for you, the things, some things that I've seen, some things that you guys have been able to read about, hear about. And I think you have to start with Garrett Riley. This is an offense last year, for the last two years, really, that has felt lost. It hasn't been the same old Clemson identity, the tempo, they push. They really like to keep the defense on their toes. It hasn't really been the same. And the Uyunglele experience and experiment, as I've pointed out on the show many times, it just didn't work out the way it did. Clemson has lost six games in the last two years for the last then during their stretch where they made the college football playoff. It felt like a formality. They lost seven combined times with four of those in the postseason. So I, I really I want to touch on a conversation that I had with Andrew Makuba, uh, safety for Clemson. That was an All-American as a freshman. Last year, he bailed dealt with a lot of injuries. He had a really interesting time. He was switching positions often, but I got to talk to him one-on-one for a little bit. And I think, A, for Clemson, it's always been about winning the last game for Dabo Sweeney. And now you start to hear phrases like this goal. Our goal is to win the national championship. Our goal is to be the best team in the country. Things that you may hear every now and then, but go, okay, that's maybe player speak. Maybe that's this, maybe that's that. And I don't want to be accused of drinking too much of the Kool-Aid here, but there's a certain feel that I got that says, I actually believe what I'm saying within my heart. And I really think that this team could apply that on the field. Maybe there's going to be a couple growing pains. Klubnik is technically a freshman at this juncture. He's going to be learning as well as Garrett Riley within this new offense. They open up with Duke, a team that I think could be a really sneaky ACC contender for a high bowl game. I really like Riley Leonard and what they're doing over there. We've had a conversation with a Duke writer who's also high on them. But this is a team that has some balance to them now, finally, on offense and defense. Now, one side is having to carry the weight for specific games. There's a enthusiasm. There's a new vibe with this team. I got a question yesterday. When are you going to talk about Clemson again? And so this is this is really my spot to do that. And with this Clemson team, a lot of their and we're going to check. We could take a quick look at the schedule for those that do not know their home games. Their toughest opponents, which I would rank as Florida State, Notre Dame, and UNC, they're all at home. The Tigers will get them in Death Valley. That's a really tough place to play historically, regardless of whether you're a fan or not. We're going to talk about Florida State in a bit. They did not make my top four, but I do think that Clemson and Florida State will be facing off again. We'll we'll talk about the Seminoles in a second, but they travel on the road to NGC State and South Carolina, who I think are two sneaky opponents that could potentially give the Tigers trouble. But I think this is a schedule with Clemson, especially where you have some home games where last year you had to travel to Notre Dame, last year you had to travel to Tallahassee. You faced UNC on a neutral site. I think that the schedule is very favorable, and we've talked about how important the schedule is for a lot of these teams. For Clemson just rediscovering themselves an offensive identity with a new quarterback to open up against Duke, Charleston Southern, and Florida Atlantic before you welcome Big Bad Florida State into town, it's going to be pretty important. And we talk a lot about energy and vibes, and I know somebody's going to tell me that I'm probably drinking too much of the Kool-Aid here with the Tigers, but I think there's just something different in the air. 
usually when teams make these right decisions, you saw it last year with, and I make use New England as an example. You went and go out and you hire Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to run your offense, and you think that's going to work out. For some teams that make those boneheaded decisions, the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, the results show speak for themselves. The Patriots offense, they missed the playoffs. It's almost, and I had some people tell me, it looks like a Madden offense out there, which is probably about as insulting as it gets if you're an NFL offense or an NFL coach running a team. Same thing with the Broncos. Looked dysfunctional. There were fights on the sidelines. He wasn't clearly suited for the job. When teams then turn that around and make the right decisions, they hire Sean Payton, hire Bill O'Brien. You see the Clemson Tigers hiring Garrett Riley, getting rid of the problems beforehand. Now they have a clear sense of direction of what they want to be, and that's why I believe they can be a playoff team this year. They have some favorable home games. I've seen enough of them to where I'm confident. I do think that there's potential for them to maybe drop a game or two, and then that will be, we'll, we'll talk about that from where it is. I'm not as confident in them as I would be about a Georgia or a Michigan. I'd leave my confidence level at about 60 to 70% for Clemson. Okay, my final four team at the number four spot is going to be the USC Trojans. And now I had a tough time between four, five, and six because USC's defense last year was absolutely atrocious. On one side of the ball, you have Caleb Williams the Heisman Trophy winner who could very well be the two-time Heisman Trophy winner, the second player to do it besides Archie Griffin, Ohio State. It just, USC fell off the map last year. They had a really disappointing loss where the playoff spot for them was laid out on a silver platter against Utah in the Pac-12 championship. Caleb Williams gets hurt. And I think that's partially why they, they were still able to score and be efficient. Caleb Williams was, as usual, fantastic. But this defense, man, They were ranked 94th out of 131 eligible teams. They lost USC a lot of those games last year, and they just almost made the playoffs. They've had some transfers come in, more specifically on the defensive line. This guy from Georgia that a lot of people are really high on, he's going to get a lot more reps than he did at UGA. This is a defense that should grow, and I think in a conference where they're going to have the best player in the country on every single occasion, no matter who they play. I wasn't as high on Caleb Williams, but then I took the time to watch his games, really watch the games where he was injured and see how he performed. I was blown away, and I think he is the clear by far favorite to be the first pick in the NFL draft, one of the better quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. I think USC could ride that, especially if their defense is just average. They have a very favorable schedule. They welcome home teams like Oregon. They've got an interesting matchup against Washington, where I think Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and Caleb Williams, that's a really stacked conference with quarterbacks. There's going to be a lot of fun matchups in the final year of the Pac-4. You see what I did there. So, in taking a look at the USC football Trojans schedule, I have it pulled up right here. We They start off with San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, and Arizona State. That should be an easy 4-0. They go to Coach Prime's house. On September 30th, I just don't think Colorado is going to be too good this year. Maybe it could be a sneaky bowl team that wins maybe six games. There's where it gets tough, and this is why I had trouble picking USC. They're going to have to go on the road to Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. They're going to welcome in Utah and Cameron Rising, a quarterback that I really, really like. Washington with Michael Penix, that's at home, and Oregon on the road. That's a lot of tough opponents. And if USC's defense doesn't hold up, this is not a college football playoff team whatsoever. I could easily see one of my five or six spots sneaking in and making that appearance. But I think when it comes down to it, for me, it came down to the quarterback. And especially in a weaker conference, I think USC, 
I give it about a 50% confidence rate that they can make it into the postseason. And that fills out our four teams. And I, I can I see somebody is going to be typing about this, but I'm going to give you a couple of quotes. And my five team is Alabama. I think that Bryce Young and my five and six teams are Alabama and Ohio State. Now, out replacing Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud was always going to be a tough task. Those were two of the best quarterbacks, if not the two best quarterbacks in college football last year. The number one and two overall picks in the NFL draft. Now trying to revive franchises like Carolina and Houston. I think Bryce Young, for the most part, for the last two years at Alabama, covered a lot of their flaws. You saw a lot of things. I thought watched an episode of Josh Pate's podcast after Alabama lost to Tennessee, and he said that the he was at, he was in the sideline watching Tennessee walk in. And usually, there's a lot of not fear associated with Alabama, but it felt like Alabama was doing the un-Alabama characteristic things, and Bryce Young was able to bail them out on more than one occasion. A lot of times last year. They have a couple of choices at quarterback this year. And this is why I talked about why I have USC at four instead of these two schools. They're playing in harder conferences and they have the weak quarterback. I'm always, I think, in college football, the way that the game is trending. I'm going to take our Caleb Williams over maybe a Ty Buckner or a Jalen Milrow or an Ohio State's case. I just I don't feel really good about where both of those programs are at with their QBs. And it's not that. McCord or Brown are going to be bad quarterbacks, but I think when you have a drop-off from Bryce Young and CJ Stroud to what they have right now, I don't know if the product's going to mesh on the field, especially in Alabama. They have to play Georgia potentially for a spot in the playoff with that kind of defense with a Jalen Milrow who struggled to be in Arkansas last year. Or you have to go to the big house where Michigan has a more complete roster and maybe an inexperienced quarterback. CJ Stroud had troubles with Michigan for the last two years, even though he was be even though his play 99% of the time was phenomenal. So I think for Ryan Day and Nick Saban, these could be New Year's six teams. I think that for sure they're going to be playoff contenders throughout the season. But I think when it comes down to it, for me, it's quarterback. And I'm going to just give you this quote right now that Ryan Day put out. This was on the 15th. And it's, quote, I don't think we right now have two guys who are just blowing it out of the water. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know who's going to play, Day said. But it's also not like they're doing well either. Now we're just looking for the consistency, end quote. And I think when you have a quarterback battle and you don't have a clear, distinct pull away kind of guy for Ohio State, I think that they're going to face a lot of teams where that's not going to matter. But when you start to play teams like Penn State, you start to play teams like Michigan, you have a quarterback that you can't find consistency with, and maybe they can find that along the way. I'm just not sure I'm as confident in this point in time. It's Thursday, August that 17th. It's 2.16 p.m. here in Clemson, South Carolina. I can't say with absolute certainty that a team with Caleb Williams on it and a team with Jalen Milrow, I don't know if I'm as confident, especially in the conference of the SEC, where they're going to have to play LSU. They're going to have to play Georgia. They're going to have to play a lot of talented schools. Same case goes for Ohio State. I don't know if I, as it stacks up, that is what it came down to with my number four team. I know a lot of you may disagree with me because Pac-12 is viewed as a weaker conference USC could falter down the road. They could lose to a Utah. They could lose to a Washington. But in my mind, I felt pretty confident picking the best player in the country who could very well win the Heisman yet again. Okay. And I just wanted to list over a couple of teams that people threw at me. They threw teams like FSU and LSU, just for example, two teams that will actually face off to start week one of college football. I really like FSU. 
I don't think I get the top 10 hype. And we talked about it with our writer, Kurt Weiler of the Osceola. I'm just not sure. I know there's a lot of hype around Jordan Travis and the Heisman Trophy. I could very well see him being a Heisman candidate and a Heisman finalist. I just think that you have to travel to Clemson. You have to play LSU. I think those potentially be two losses. I also think FSU could potentially lose to Clemson once and have to go up to the ACC championship and play them again, a team that would be more seasoned at that point with their offense. And I, I just don't really see it at this point. I think FSU is going to be a top 10 team potentially to finish the season, a team that plays in a New Year's Six Bowl, no doubt. They are my New Year's Six lock, especially for the ACC, could be in the representing the Orange Bowl at the end of the year. And it's December 31st, yeah. Um, same goes for LSU. I actually had somebody ask me earlier, why not LSU? Jalen Daniels, Brian Kelly, that's an LSU team that's returning a lot of starters and actually made a lot more progress last year than it previously anticipated. At least for me, I thought Brian Kelly's first year at LSU would be about an eight and four type of season, but that was a school that was able to have a lot of progress. They beat Alabama. They're able to potentially be the first multiple loss college football playoff team, given all the circumstances with Clemson losing to Notre Dame the way they did with Alabama being the way they were last year, losing out against LSU the way it's just a lot of USC losing in the Pac-12 championship there was an opportunity for LSU they made it to the, all the way to the SEC championship last year do I think that they could potentially beat out Alabama especially given the arguments that I've had for quarterback yes and no I think Jalen Daniels at times Jane Daniels Jalen Daniels at times has just been I don't know I, I like him as a quarterback and sometimes I really don't and that's not a thing against him I just think that when it comes down to it they're going to also have to go up against Georgia at some point. And I think they're going to beat each other up, LSU and Alabama. I really, I think when it comes down to an SEC team, I think just one makes it in, especially if you have an undefeated Clemson. Maybe there's an undefeated FSU. USC is undefeated with Caleb Williams. There's a lot of attention surrounding him. You have a Michigan and Ohio State team that's potentially going to be going after it. I just think the room might be too crowded this year. Now in a 12-team playoff, LSU would no doubt be a playoff contender. But I think in the stage of four, it may just not be too many. Okay, to wrap the show up, and I'm really appreciative that you guys have tuned in with this college football show. You can leave your thoughts and your top four. I'd love for you guys to interact and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm psycho, I'm crazy. I will say, and that's the beauty of it. We'll find out together as the college football season progresses. Now we have our Heisman Trophy predictions. These are going to be my four candidates, me, my four finalists. Marvin Harrison Jr., unbelievable wide receiver at Ohio State. Despite the fact that I'm not too high on either of Ohio State's quarterbacks, I think that there's not really going to be a drop-off. I think Marvin Harrison's going to really help these young QB, young developing QBs out. He's going to be a fantastic player. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. I could see a similar season to Devontae Smith, now a wide receiver for the Eagles. He's one of the more phenomenal receivers I've ever seen. A lot of people are giving him Calvin Johnson comparisons. Maybe not that. But he's certainly phenomenal. He's definitely a candidate, a non-quarterback candidate to be a Heisman Trophy winner of this year. Caleb Williams, and he's honestly my pick to win the Heisman Trophy this year, especially if USC makes it to the playoffs. There's a lot of eyes on him now. There's a potential for him to be the next back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin. I'm excited about it. I think he's a quarterback that's an easy slot for number one, regardless of how this season plays out. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, it's a combination that I think is bound for the playoffs. My final two are two quarterbacks in the ACC and Drake May and Jordan Travis. Drake May finished 10th in the Heisman Trophy polling, but I think UNC is going to have a pretty similar season to last year. 
think their defense is going to be slightly better and they're not going to give up some games like NC State and Georgia Tech that really derailed their season near the end with especially with Brent Key coming in early coming in late to replace Georgia Tech's prior regime and at Jordan Travis I think he could be a Heisman candidate I think he's going to put up a lot of big numbers and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to have Heisman like moments we've also seen candidates with multiple losses we've seen Lamar Jackson win the Heisman Trophy Texas A&M's Johnny Manziel talking about that documentary that's a hell of a documentary by the way if you guys have not checked that out it's very very fascinating I think I'm going on a tangent on this Heisman Trophy thing I think Manziel paved the way for where NIL is today with the way that it shapes it up. I think he was a big domino in really challenging the status quo of the NCAA, but I digress. I think that to round out that those Heisman Trophy candidates is Drake May and Jordan Travis, two of the top quarterbacks in the conference for sure and in the country, both dynamic, both can make a lot of plays and will have opportunities like they probably didn't last year to really showcase on a national level. UNC is going to have a lot of opponents. They're going to go to Clemson. FSU's got Clemson. They have F- they have LSU. There's a lot of eyes now, and now it's time for them to make the most of it. But yeah, so just to summarize, I have my top four is the Georgia Bulldogs, Michigan Wolverines, Clemson Tigers, and USC Trojans with Alabama and Ohio State on the outside looking in. Covered some quarterback situations. My dark horse playoff teams, Oregon, FSU, and LSU. Maybe not quite close, but I, that's where I stand at this very moment. Would love to be proven wrong. Would love to see how this season shakes out with my Heisman Trophy candidate being Caleb Williams, taking it for the second straight year in a row. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this college football playoff prediction show. I hope you guys enjoyed and hope you have some healthy uh, feedback on my picks. Let's see what you guys think. Guys, thank you as always for watching the Man with the Plan podcast. Subscribe to get more from the show. Really love what we've been doing. This is our year. It has been so far. Thanks once again for 25,000 listeners. It's a crazy number. We're only going to grow from there. Thank you as always for watching. Take care and have a phenomenal day.